Hey everyone, welcome to Healthy Mind, Happy Life Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Engler. I believe that we can all move through life transitions without losing who we are, but it takes the right support, community, and connection to carry us through. We can heal through sharing experience, strength, and hope. Each week, we will have genuine and real conversations that will inspire you to shift your mindset to live a happier, free life. Hey everyone, if you guys could do me a huge favor and scroll down to the bottom or wherever you listen to podcasts and write a review, hit the stars but also write a review, it only takes about 30 seconds. It really helps to boost the ratings and exposure of the show. This helps so more people can find the content of the show and help others just like you and I. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode. I wanted to just do a follow episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode. I am currently recording this episode in a closet because my neighbors are jackhammering their sidewalk. So uh, this is going to be an interesting episode. Hopefully the sound is okay and there's not too much background noise, but I apologize if there is. I didn't want to wait to record this episode, which isn't surprising. I'm an impatient person, (laughs) but also when I'm feeling called to speak about something, I just, I have to do it because that's when I feel most passionate and just very in sync with myself and I feel like a higher power is speaking through me. And right now I am feeling this desire to follow up after Coot's episode last week. And and doing that interview was really special because I've listened to his book. Well, most of it, I listened to it on audio. I've heard him on other podcasts and I've followed him and I'm very picky about who I bring on the podcast. I, you know, I kind of screen people and listen to see if they've been on other episodes or other shows before and make sure that they're really carrying the uh, uh, authentic message and that their message aligns with mine. And he, it just felt right. And so when I emailed them and they got back to me, and he said yes. I was actually shocked. So it was it was very exciting because I get a lot of no's. And I every once in a while, I get a big yes. And this felt like a big yes in the universe. I don't believe that there's coincidences. I do often say like, oh, that was weird that that happened. But I also know that it's not a coincidence. Everything falls into place when, exactly when it needs to, which is kind of what Koot and I talked about last week. But I really wanted to dive a little deeper into my thoughts on what surrender is. I just, I loved hearing his perspective. And if you haven't listened to his book, The Magic of Surrender, I do highly recommend either picking up the hard copy or listening to it on audio. 
it's just absolutely fantastic. And he has a great way of easing you into understanding surrender and learning how to embody that and then live it authentically in your life. And I, you know, it really started recently. I started thinking about surrender because I think I talked about it in one of the episodes recently, but over the course of the summer, I've just felt myself trying to control everything and fight and fight and fight until I finally just got to this place of pure exhaustion. And I was tired of feeling the way I was feeling. And so I just started praying for surrender. I don't know why or where it came from. It was just something that kind of came into my head one day, like surrender, just let go and see what happens and and trust. And so that's just what I started doing. And over the course of just even a few weeks, I had started to feel this lift that I hadn't felt in so long, but it also felt familiar. And the, the feeling was familiar because I have experienced this before at times throughout my life. And one of the first times I really remember experiencing this was when I first got clean. I remember questioning, well, if there is a God or there is a higher power, why would this, uh, why would he allow this to happen in my life? Why did I use drugs? Why couldn't I stop? Why did I hurt loved ones? Why did I make choices that I made to steal and, and do things that are just not who I am? And it was the drugs. But as I started to work the steps and talk to more people in recovery, and it, that first step is I admitted I was powerless over my addiction and my life became unmanageable. And that right there to me is surrender. And then the serenity prayer too. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So much so that I've had it, <laughs> the serenity prayer tattooed on my back. <laughs> it's so powerful, but I often forget to lean into that. And I, I think how it happens is when we lean into surrender, it's freeing and there's a lot more ease that comes with that in our bodies, in our minds, in life, just everything's starts to feel more at ease. And when we try to control and fight it, that's when shit feels hard. So that's how, at least I always know when I'm controlling or when I'm surrendering is when shit feels really hard. I'm not saying that when I surrender, things don't feel bad because they still do, but they don't feel as hard. And when I think back to this time, I started to finally see it differently that we all have to go through hard stuff in our life. We all go through trauma. We all go through hard periods of life and we get wrapped up in things because it's, it's kind of just the way life is. And, you know, the, the question of, you know, is God real or not real to me, I started to figure out that there really is a reason that all these things happen and we can't see it when it's happening. And I know this might, you know, this sounds cliche. 
um, at least to me, it does sound cliche, but it's also true when if you can stop and reflect and think back to your life, think about those incredibly difficult times in your life and how they have contributed to who you are today and what you've become. My recovery and in getting into treatment led me into social work. I was actually in school to be a teacher. So glad I did not go on that path. Um, but it, I still am a teacher, but in a different way. And so the pathway wasn't necessarily wrong, but going through treatment and that whole process allowed me to connect to my my work that I do now and became a social worker and I actually did amazing in school. I, the first time I ever did good in school, I always, always struggled in school most of my life until I found something that really I felt connected to and felt like was my purpose in life. But I couldn't have figured that out or maybe I would have figured it out, but way later down the road. But I figured that out because of the hardships that I went through and the shame and the guilt that I felt around the choices that I made allowed me to serve in a very different way. And it kept me from going back, back to addiction. So during that time when there was a lot of unknowns, I didn't know um, at the, when I first got clean, I was facing a lot of legal charges and, I didn't know what school I was facing, you know, possibly getting kicked out of school because my GPA was so low. So there was a lot of messes that I had to clean up and there was a lot of unknowns. I didn't know what was going to happen, you know, with school and with relationships and, and a lot of things. I made a lot of changes, like I, even little things like I changed my phone number, which was big at the time. I changed my friend group. I changed, I got out of a relationship. I changed my school pathway. I'm or my school major. And I, again, didn't know what was going to come from the legal charges. So there was a lot of changes that first year, even that second year into recovery. And I was 20, 21 years old. Oh, and I didn't drink on my 21st birthday, which was also a really difficult thing for me to get through because it's like one of those big things we put up on a pedestal most of our life. And then the opportunity came and I chose not to um, because at the it just wasn't the right time um, and I didn't feel the need to anymore, but it was still difficult. So I'll... Anyway, a lot of things had happened during that time and I learned how to surrender because I couldn't control what was happening. I had to just say, okay, like if I have to go to jail, I have to, that's the consequence I have to pay. It wasn't what I wanted, but I had to just surrender and say like, I don't have control over anything that's going to happen. I have control over what I'm doing, which is going to meetings every day, showing up to treatment and just continuing to put the right step forward. And that is such a hard thing to do when there's so many unknowns. And fast forward to my life currently, there's still a lot of, there's always going to be unknowns. And there's a lot of things right now that I let my anxiety take over and I try to control in my head and feel like 
I put a lot of pressure on myself to make decisions right now instead of just trusting and looking for those signs. And Coop talked about this. He talked about, you know, looking for those signs. And there was, there was actually quite a few this summer when I just surrendered and let go, there were signs and some I felt empowered by, some I felt excited, some I felt let down by, I grieved. So I had a, like a vast experience of emotions around surrendering. So for a long time, I believed surrendered meant weakness as I think a lot of us do. And I convinced myself that they were the same thing. Surrender, weakness, they mean the same thing. That if I laid, basically if I laid down my weapons and stopped fighting, that others around me would then gain control or it gave permission that the things that have happened to me would be okay or that are okay. Even trauma that has happened in my life, like if I forgive, if I let go, if I find peace with it, if I surrender to it, that means that it makes what happened okay. But I learned that that is not true. That is how I have defined it in my head. Surrender is an act of powerlessness. It is saying like, I can't keep fighting. I can't keep doing this anymore. Because either way, you're suffering. You're suffering if you're controlling. And there is suffering when you surrender. Because you start, and Koot and I talked about this, you start letting go of certain pieces of, of yourself that no longer serve you. Or you don't need to search for certain things because you're no longer trying to meet certain needs. So there is pain in surrender, but there's also pain in doing what you're continuing to do and trying to control things that one, you have no business controlling, but also just, you're not going to control it. Like whatever your pathway is meant to be, that's what's going to happen. Now we do still have choice in it. So the example I like to give is when I, I talked about this on a previous episode about the EMDR training that I was signed up to do. I could have pushed that. I could have pushed and changed my plans and rearranged my schedule to make that happen. But in that moment, there was something in my body that I felt that just said, it's okay. This isn't the time. And I followed that. It wouldn't have been a wrong choice though if I if I made a different one, if I decided to do the training. Um so it's okay to, you're still going to have choice in things. It's just getting to this place where you can have that conversation with yourself. And the point I'm trying to make is like, there's pain in it, no matter what, right? There would have been pain. There was pain in surrendering and saying like, okay, this isn't the time, even though it's really what in my mind, I think I should be doing And my body is telling me something different. But there would have been something else if I decided to do the training. I would have spent my summer committed to that instead of allowing myself to just enjoy and be and take that time off that I did. So there would have been a problem with either decision that I made and it would have been okay if I made either one too. So that's how I've started to look at it. Even if I know a decision 
is meant to be made and I can feel it in my bones and in my body, that doesn't mean that I have to make that decision right now. But it also means I can follow that. But the surrender piece comes in with, you know what, I'm just going to allow it to be. And if I see a sign, I get choice in that. I can still make a, a decision um, or I don't have to. Like I can also just sit and be and not make one at all. Just let things be. And, and there's a lot of peace and relief that can come with that. You know, I think that we throw around this word strength and we give it a lot of power. Like, oh, you got clean and sober. You're so strong. Oh, you changed jobs. Oh, you're so strong. Oh, you got out of that relationship. You're so strong. We put it up on this pedestal when there might there's truth to that. But also, it's not really about strength. I think it's about acknowledgement of what you really want. And that's not, it's not really strength. It's more about a knowing and an intuition. And so when we say strength, oh, you're so strong. So it's like, if you didn't make that choice, does that mean you're weak? Um, and I, we see weakness, at, like we frown upon it. You know, strength is really glorified they're, they're like these opposing forces that if you're not strong, then you're weak. If you're weak, you can't be strong. And if you stay in that relationship, then you're weak. But it's not about that. It's about your inner workings and what needs that you're trying to, to meet. It has strength and weakness have nothing to do with it. You know, as I've grown up in recovery, I saw surrender less like a weakness and more like a choice. You know, I could continue doing what I'm doing or I could do something different and see how it goes. Nothing's permanent in life. And I say that all the time. We can make a different choice at any point. And if we, if you, if you can't, um, if the opportunity, that door is kind of shut, then we learn from it. You know, we, we, we take that for what it is. We learn from it. But I think what happens is we, I don't know if we always learn from it. I like, at least my experience is that we get into this decision debt where we start not trusting ourselves and we take back that control and we don't trust ourselves to make a quote, right or wrong decision. If we feel like we've made wrong decisions before and we put a lot of weight into those decisions to the point where we become paralyzed by it. I mean, even recently, like I do this with homeschooling or a school, like what should I do? And I get wrapped up in it and in my head about it. And I put so much pressure on myself when really it's not an end all be all. Like my kids will be okay with whatever decision I make and I can make a different choice at any point. But it's like, I put all my eggs in one basket I don't surrender. I fight and, and I like consume myself with it. So to me, that's when I know I'm controlling when I feel that internal stress versus surrender is like, okay, let's just see how this goes and, and not change anything. Let's just let it be what it is. Even if I have a feeling inside of me saying, you know, let's, let's go this other way. 
that doesn't mean I have to follow it right now. And so surrender doesn't mean like you don't have choice in it or you don't have power in it. It just means you're not going to keep fighting or allow it to consume you. So is my question to you is what have you recently been holding on to that feels like it just has you in a grip, has you consumed, has you feeling anxious and stressed? Because those are the number one signs that you are controlling something. I think a lot of us fight because like I was saying, you know, we have this unmet need from childhood we fight because we have perceived ourselves a certain way and about who we are and we feel like we have something to prove. So therefore we seek it out through controlling circumstances that like I said earlier, we really don't have any business controlling and we lead with our minds instead of our bodies. We lead with our thoughts that create this internal turmoil and emotions within our bodies. And this makes it so confusing to decipher intuition from ego. It's like, what the, which is it? I don't know. You know, the bottom line is you will suffer either way. And what I've learned is I've had moments where I choose to surrender And then I've had moments where literally the universe, the higher power, whatever you call it for me, um, you know, I call it God and universe. The universe has literally like beaten me down sometimes to the point where it's like, you're going to surrender and I'm going to make this really hard for you until you do. And so I've had both moments where like I actively choose surrender because it feels hard but I've also had moments where I've been beaten down to that rock bottom where I'm like, Oh, fine. I'll surrender. Fine, fine, fine. And I don't, (laughs) it doesn't always feel like a choice. It just feels like, okay, this is what I have to do because uh, fighting this isn't working. And uh, you know, it's so freeing either way when you surrender because you're taking it off your shoulders, you're getting it out of your mind and you're allowing yourself to just kind of trust, which is so hard. And I don't really know where we learned that from or why we're that way, that we feel like we need to know what the outcome is going to be. Um, but I'm guilty of it too. Like the last few weeks I have been consumed with you know, do I do school? Do I homeschool and like changing that plan? And I do feel it in my body that I'm meant to homeschool. But like I said, I, that doesn't mean I have to make that decision right now. Like it's okay to also leave things the way they are and give myself some space. So it's having that rhythm with yourself and having that conversation with yourself is like, I know what my intuition's telling me but that doesn't mean I'm not fully clear on it either. So I can sit back and say, you know what, I'm just going to give myself more time to get clear on this. And that's freeing too. I think it gets murky when we get in our head and we start figuring out the details of things and how it's all going to work and having this exact plan. 
to make us feel somewhat at ease. But even when we come up with a plan, things change. Um, life still happens around us. There's so many stories I could tell you guys of trips we've had planned or things I thought were going to happen or the way I thought things were going to happen. And, you know, a family member gets sick or something happens with the kids or the trip gets canceled, pandemics happen. Like there's all these things that are constantly being thrown at us. And it is, it's hard. It's hard, you know, because we get excited and we get attached to things. And I'm not saying don't get attached to things, um, but can you surrender and learn how to ebb and flow with the way life ebbs and flows? That is all the thoughts I have today on surrender part two. I hope that this was helpful to you guys. Hopefully there wasn't too much background noise. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. I really appreciate it. This is my time that I volunteer. I don't get paid for this. So I really appreciate the reviews, feedback, sharing it with a friend to really boost the exposure of the show. And, uh, Thanks again for everyone that listens. I'll see you all back next week.